Okay, what moment in gaming impacted you the most this year? Um, for this question, it the things that had the greatest impact on me were honestly playing all the uh, all the survival games with friends. Because previous to this year, I had never played a single survival game. Um, the very, I guess I technically did. I think I played Miasmata and um, Rust. I think I put half an hour into each of them or something. And I think I also played Ark for like half an hour, and right away I started them up, hated them, and just quit out of them. Just couldn't get into it right away. I just kind of died, and I was like, oh, this game sucks. Yeah, left it. Then once uh, in Conan Exiles, uh, I believe it was one of Cliffy's uh, a streamer's uh, community members that got a server, and I started playing with uh, Bebop and Cliffy and all of them, and it was a really kind of amazing experience being able to just have a group of people and build a community inside this game with them and just knowing that there was this world that was growing around you and changing around you and knowing that when you logged on there'd be other people there that you can go out you could do missions with you can explore with you can truly immerse yourself in this world and see what it had to offer conan exiles had a lot of uh the story was based around exploration uh the same for arc uh, I think Conan actually kind of took a lot of its ideas from Ark's style and the way Ark did things. But uh, in Conan, it was really fun just being able to uh, get on and roll out and start exploring further north and finding out what was in that volcano or could I survive in that cold climate and what would it require? And then going out, acquiring those things and being able to meet up with friends and all go out together with a common goal in mind and accomplishing that mission was so satisfying and it it really got me back into gaming more than I previously was because I I typically have a very short uh, attention span is the right word but a very short uh, gaming span that I can take typically after a few hours of playing a game I'm kind of exhausted and the game just kind of loses its appeal and then maybe the next day or a couple days later I'll be back into it and I'll play for another few hours but with Conan and Ark I was really able to just like sink seven hours into it it got to the point where I didn't even realize how late it was at night and it was like 3 a.m and I had work the next day at 8 a.m so I had to like rush off and had to sleep but I just had so much fun and investing the time the time went by so quickly because I was having so much fun and that really got me those games really kind of got me back into gaming and wanted me to got me wanting to explore more of the games that I personally have in my Steam library. I have so many games that I've never even touched or never opened. And I, I'm i probably actually going to begin going through those now, just because it's those survival games have kind of reawakened the fun of games back to me. It's showed me what they could be. And yeah, I guess that's been what impacted me most this year in terms of gaming. Okay, um, what games am I looking forward to the most in 2019? I guess there's uh, two main games that really caught my attention when I saw them at the uh, Game Awards. The first one was Atlas. That game looked absolutely amazing. It looked so much fun to play, at least from the trailer they showed. And I do have my doubts about it, though, because it is Studio Wildcard, after all, and they made Ark, and some of the things they didn't quite do the best... Ark ran very poorly. Um, Ark 
the developers are were a little bit scummy and kept trying to get more and more money out of people. It, they don't seem like the best developers, but the game was pretty well like the pinnacle of survival games. It was an amazing survival game, really fun to play. And it looks like they're doing things right for Atlas. The game looks really fun. It just seems like arc, uh, pirate-themed arc, essentially. You can customize your ship, you can go explore, you can tame hammerheads and all sorts of stuff. That looks really intriguing. You can also see a lot of shared assets from Ark, but uh, I, I don't know how good of a game it's actually going to be in the end. I'm thinking it might be really fun. I could definitely see myself putting tons of hours into it, especially on PvP servers where it can just be a bloodbath. I'm sure you'll have uh, naval warfare, you'll have land-based warfare. Um, I saw at the end of the trailer there seemed to be a fire-breathing dragon, like a wyvern or something. Um, if you can fight on those, like, aerially, that would be amazing. I love that concept of mixing pirates with, a uh, fantasy. That would be, ah, oh, that would be really fun to play in. <laughs> but yeah, it also looked quite nice as a game. Um, although Studio Wildcard is already doing their thing with it, because it's already been delayed twice. Like, they had a countdown, it ran out, they, after it ran out, they pushed out the deadline of when the game will actually be available. And then the same thing happened again, and that's not giving me a fuzzy warm feeling for it, but I'll need, I'll need to see how Atlas turns out, but that seems like it's going to be a really good survival game, really fun. I can see myself sinking far more time into that than I should. <laughs> but uh, I guess the other game, which I am actually think I'm looking forward to a little more than Atlas, um, that I also saw at the Game Awards, was uh, Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds. That game looked absolutely spectacular. Beautiful visuals. It reminded me a lot of uh, Borderlands in terms of the coloring and uh, cell shading and also kind of humor that they uh, apply to it. Um, but the game as a whole kind of seemed more like it was almost Fallout with... Fallout... Uh, yeah, I guess like Fallout meets Bioshock, but it's... It, not really in like a wasteland setting it looked more to be in like a space western setting which is awesome because it seemed like you could travel between planets um it was heavily exploration based it seemed there was a lot of different creatures fauna and flora that you could look at there's it seemed to share kind of the quest like structure almost of borderlands but you had a lot more uh, freedom in your choices so it was truly role-playing where um, even what you did would give you um, skills, but along with skills, you would get flaws. And so different portions of your character would go up, different portions would go down. And it truly customizes your character to the gameplay you're playing, which I thought was a really good idea. It also... I really like humor in games, and just kind of to mess around and have a good time. And it seems like that's what, that's what they're doing with the uh, Outer Worlds. Because even in the trailer, there was a lot of funny quips and stuff. Uh, they're introducing silly, fun science guns that do things like shrink people or stuff like that. And that sounds... <laughs> that sounds really cool. That reminds me of kind of almost uh, Saints Row 4, what they did with a lot of their weapons, where you had, um, like, the dildo bat that you could kill people with, or the uh, black hole gun, or things like that. I... That's what I really liked, actually, about Saints Row 4, was how it didn't take itself seriously. It just let you have a good time and do whatever you wanted. So that game looks 
like it's going to be awesome. I, I love exploration-based ga- games. I love the humor that it seems like they're putting into it. It looks like it's really well thought out. Um, I guess I'll, I'll need to see how it is. That's definitely going to be a game I'm picking up, though. <laughs> um, other games looking forward to most in 2019. Uh, that's pretty much it for the games that I'm really looking forward to. I guess if Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out on PC, hopefully... <laughs> There hasn't been anything said about that yet, though, but if it is, I'm definitely going to be picking up that game. That game is a masterpiece. It's beautiful, it's immersive. I I can see myself putting a lot of time into that. But yeah, I guess those are the games that I'm looking forward to most in 2019. So, for the biggest disappointments in gaming this year, I guess um, there's been quite a few disappointing events, but for the most part, they're not all that bad. But, uh, begin with, I guess I'm probably going to go for the most obvious one, which is Fallout 76 and the mess that that launch was. Because, uh, I guess Fallout 76, they really, just as like a summary, they started off pretty poorly. They with their um, Break Everything Test Alpha or event, or their BETA event. Uh, that was really poorly thought through. I guess not poorly thought through, but poorly executed, because right away uh, Bethesda tweeted out saying that uh, any if you touch anything on the launcher, it'll delete the game pretty well. Uh, so don't touch anything on the launcher. And <laughs> as you can imagine, that's... A pretty bad way to start it off but then on top of that um you couldn't uninstall the game unless i think you were you had uh signed into an account with the purchased game but since the game hadn't released yet people couldn't purchase it they could only pre-purchase which i don't think counted so people weren't able to uninstall the uh beta and that just that was really bad on top of that the game wasn't too great the game as a whole just looked like fallout 4 where they added some extra people so essentially you could play with your friends. Sorry, when I said extra people, I meant they added your friends in. So you can play online, and that's about it, it seemed like. I, I haven't played it personally, so I can't speak speak to it too much, but it didn't seem that great. Also, they had really poorly written netcode, apparently, so uh, the hit registration didn't work very well. The server crashed all the time. I'm sure you heard about the three nukes that they sent off, uh, that people sent off to see if it would spawn, like, a stronger version of this like beast because apparently when you set a nuke off it would essentially spawn this creature that you had to kill it was kind of like an end game thing and that crashed the server and then also anyone who got the deluxe version was promised a canvas bag but instead Bethesda sent them all out nylon bags and everyone that got the nylon bags was really pissed and then, to make things worse, afterwards, um, Bethesda sent out to influ- YouTube influencers, they sent uh, canvas backpacks. And so people were like, that that seems a little bit off when you said you couldn't secure the materials to make the canvas bags for all of us and that it was too expensive. That doesn't sound quite right. And then, after enough complaints, Bethesda was finally like, okay, sure, just send in this form and we'll send you out a canvas backpack. Or canvas bag like you were initially supposed to get and so that was all 
really poorly done, poorly handled, and they really could have improved that. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how bad this is going to affect Bethesda in the future, if people are going to remember this much, or if it's just going to pass over and people are going to get back on the Bethesda hype train, essentially. But only time will tell that, so... Yeah, uh... In terms of disappointments that I guess I personally experienced, um... Those are mainly on the Nintendo side, but, uh... Mario Party Switch was one of them. That game was a mess. It, uh... At least in my opinion, it was. They limited what you could... Uh, they put limits on which controls you could use. So you could only use Joy-Cons. You couldn't use a GameCube controller. You couldn't use a Pro controller. I think this is because of the minigames they had. Strongly relied on Joy-Con features, such as the gyroscope or the IR blaster, stuff like that. But it still seems like they're cutting out a lot of people by only allowing Joy-Cons. Especially since not everyone has enough Joy-Cons to play with all their friends. And if and yeah, that's that's the other thing is it didn't even have online, which is kind of an expectation almost nowadays, especially if you limit it only to Joy-Cons. <laughs> You'd think that you would be able to play with friends that have the game, but nope, it's only local play, no online whatsoever. Even though Nintendo just released their online service, they still didn't add it to Mario Party, which seems really poorly planned. Um, on top of that, you only started with a few game boards, and I think if you played enough, you would get a fourth one, but four just really doesn't seem enough, especially for a $60 game. That's way too much for it. And on top of that, the uh, the whole game wasn't very well-balanced, didn't feel like, because they added in new dice block per character, and like some of them would have a lot of sixes, but they'd have a chance of bringing you back two spaces or something. And it just it really took away from the original fun of the game, kind of the nostalgic fun that I remembered. And so, I guess that was just really poorly executed on Nintendo's part. I'm sure that's what they were relying on was people like me who had that nostalgia, who loved the previous Mario Party games and have the good memories of playing with friends. They thought, yeah, these people will buy it and they'll love it. We switched some things up, made it new and fresh, but instead they just kind of took out what was good and replaced it with kind of stuff and it just it didn't turn out very well um yeah I guess on top of that there was Nintendo Switch's online launch was pretty poorly done um the only experience I've had with it so far is through uh, Smash Ultimate and for that game um I guess to begin with how that game implemented online is horrible to get into that uh Essentially, how it used to be, which worked really well, was um, in Smash Bros. 4, they had 4 Fun and 4 Glory. If you want to play with items in a casual environment on whatever stage you wanted, you would, and possibly with many people, you would pick for fun, and you would just kind of mess around have a good time. If you want to play competitively, you would pick for Glory, and it would be 1v1, no items, on special uh, competition-based stages like Battlefield or Final Destination. But, uh... And you would select one of those and go right into the game and just start fighting someone. But uh, how they did it in Ultimate was you got to pick a rule set. And you can you could either set a rule set or just say, match me with whoever. And if you set a rule set, it would do its best to find some with the closest rule set to yours. But the problem is Nintendo didn't prioritize rule sets. Instead, they prioritized lat uh, latency. So... 
people that want to play competitively were getting matched in itemed matches with a bunch of other people. I experienced that. It was really not fun. I didn't enjoy it. And on top of that, if you... They put... They added in punishments for um, ending the game early or, like, intentionally killing yourself in the game. So you couldn't even get out of it. You kind of had to play through it and just suffer or else your rank would suffer. And that was really poorly done. And on top of that, when you did get matched up, you didn't even go directly into a game. Instead, it would bring you into an arena type thing and you would need to wait in a queue. And you'd need to watch everyone before you in that queue fight until it finally got up to you. And then you would have your one match, and then you'd go back to the end of the queue, and you'd need to wait for everyone else to finish again. And all things considered, it just seemed really poorly thought through. I don't think they kind of queried the community properly, didn't ask them much about what they wanted, because I guarantee you most people would not be in favor of that. But other than online, Smash 4, great game, absolutely loved it. I have a blast playing it with friends and all. Really fun. Um... Then Nintendo's online as a whole also didn't work very well for me, even when I was when I got into a game in Smash, because it would lag a lot and I'd frequently get kicked. I've tried it on Wi-Fi, I've tried it wired, I have plenty good plenty good uh my my Wi-Fi is like plenty good. Wired is great, it should have no problem with this, but it still suffered and I'm I'm having a feeling just Nintendo Nintendo's not doing something right. On the plus side, it's really cheap. It's $20, I believe, for the year. Or you can pay, I think it's $3.99 or $4.99 a month. And if you have a bunch of friends that want to get it, you can do a family plan where I think it's seven accounts for $50 for the year. And so it's super cheap, but also... In Smash 4, it was free. And that's... You got a far better experience, and they should be able to update it to kind of... Fit. (laughs) update it to make it better at least because what what I've been experiencing with it just it feels very poorly done um yeah those are really the big disappointments kind of I personally experienced there was also quite a few disappointments though with consoles and stuff um to be in with soldier boys consoles those are (laughs) those are a mess those are uh just essentially drop shipped consoles um dropship Chinese consoles. If you don't know what dropshipping is, it's when someone uh, will put up on their product page another person's product, and they'll just mark up the price. And that marked up price um, is that they can gain a bit of profit, because when someone orders it, they literally just go to the other site and ship it directly to the person that ordered it. So they don't need to do any research, any development, it's all just there. They're just a middleman. They collect the extra amount of money because they marked it up. And that's exactly what Soldier Boy was doing. You can find all these consoles on, like, AliExpress, which is a Chinese distribution site for far cheaper than what he has them up for. But also, you shouldn't... You really shouldn't get those consoles. They are horribly slow. They have tons of problems with them. There's None of the games are actually licensed games. Typically, they're all really cheap knockoff games and it's it's bad run from those consoles do not get those consoles <laughs> but yeah i guess those are the main gaming disappointments i experienced this year um we'll see what 2019 has to come hopefully hopefully 2019 is pretty good year <laughs> we'll need to see
what is my favorite game of the year? That question's a really tough one. Because <laughs> there's been a lot of really great games that come out this that have come out this year, but I haven't tried them all yet, and a lot of them I just flat out can't try out, like Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, that kind of stuff, because I don't have the console to play them. But uh Ooh, in terms of games I've played a lot this year that I enjoyed, I replayed all the fall uh not fallout sorry all the portal games i absolutely love the portal games they're fun puzzle games kind of test your mind a lot a lot of humor in them that was such a fun game to play through again both of them i i'd recommend those but those aren't game of the year for me um honestly game of the year for me would probably be arc this might <laughs> this might sound a bit surprising but I've never had so much fun exploring a game, and I've never put so much time day after day after day into a game that I did into Ark. It's it's a really curious game, because you start off and you're afraid of everything. You run from all dinosaurs, you essentially just build yourself a little box, hide away in there. You're practically back in the Stone Age. But then, over time, you build yourself out furnaces, you start taming your first dino. Taming your first dino is an amazing experience. It's so cool just being able to ride around on one. And that array, like, I was hooked right away then. Uh, I was actually lucky. I met up with Bebop. I started off arc playing with him, and he kind of showed me a lot of the ropes and helped me out. But, uh, yeah, once you tame your first dino, that's when stuff starts getting real. <laughs> Then you go out, you start wanting more and more dinosaurs, you build out your base bigger and bigger, you get a giant pen to store all your dinosaurs in, and then you go out, uh, you roll out with like a squad of dinos and just destroy everything in the wasteland, and it also is a heavily, uh, I guess there's a lot of exploration in that game also, because you go to the cor different corners of the map, and you think, okay, I've seen everything, but there's so much more, there's like all the caves, all the titans, there's um, apparently a final titan. You can uh, also build your own uh, mechs that you can roll out in, and they're like Pacific Rim-style mechs, a little bit smaller, but they're still... They've got like the sword and stuff, and a blaster, so you can roll out slicing up dinos. You can get gigas that will just run around, just destroy everything in their path, and you truly feel like almost like a god on top of the giga looking down on all the small, smaller dinosaurs and people and gives you a good sense of scale of how big they were and how powerful they were and oh, all the things you could do with a Giga. Then on top of that, all the power you... With with the mods that uh, Bebop installed on his uh, server, it made that game so much better because you had nannies that could help raise your dinosaurs. He increased taming multipliers and farming multipliers so you didn't have the grind that you typically would with Vanilla Ark, but uh, it had a good community around it, Ark, because people would make, there's so many mods for that game now, and so many people have put so much time into that game, and uh, that's the kind of game I can waste away <laughs> the entirety of my days in. Like, I played, a, a similar game I played was Conan, uh, Conan Exiles, I believe it was called, and that game was really fun. It had a lot of the same interesting elements of trying to survive, starting with nothing, of being afraid of things, and then exploring and going up further north and gaining more and more thralls and stuff that you can bring with you to fight. And the problem was it didn't feel like you got anywhere. 
you sure you got higher technology stuff you would find new thralls had an interesting story of like aliens or whatever but you didn't get the same feeling of progress and it wasn't as satisfying taming thralls as it was getting dinos you didn't feel like you were getting so much more powerful like you were lording over other people i don't know it it just wasn't nearly as good of a survival game as ark was but ark ark did it for me (laughs) ark definitely my game of the year probably i i'm not a big fan of the developers personally they seem a little bit scummy they seem to be kind of trying to cheat people out of the money anywhere they can with all like the different dlcs and stuff and with uh with not really focusing on i guess they did focus on that originally it was very poorly uh, optimized and it still is very badly optimized but apparently it's been improved greatly um but it's still not good enough by any means um at least optimization wise but even those things set aside i'd still consider our like game of the year if you haven't played it and you have a good group of friends that are playing it highly recommended so much fun you can waste away your life playing it but it's <laughs> it's well worthwhile <laughs> Okay, for Shandy Valley's question of biggest streaming lesson you've learned this year, um, and how do you want to grow your channel, streaming, gaming, community, etc. Um, I guess I haven't streamed too much this year. I'm not big into streaming. I want to get more into streaming, but right now I just haven't had the time, and I haven't. I really haven't sat down and done it all that much. But the main thing I've learned is from the times I have streamed it. It's truly exhausting streaming. It takes a lot of effort. You, it's it's a very high energy experience almost. Of you always need to be kind of into the game, all excited, interacting with the community. You need to be very aware of what you're doing, and you really need to be a. I guess also put a lot of effort into growing your stream. Um, I, I made a bunch of icons and stuff for my stream. I did all the OBS stuff. I set up voice meter. Um, got a voice command bot, did all that, and that all took a lot, and I actually absolutely love doing that. Um, but actually getting out there and doing it, there was many nights when I, like, earlier on in the day, I was gung-ho about streaming, but after work, after I was exhausted from work, really, I didn't want to sit down in front of a group, and I just, I guess I didn't have the energy to do that, but, uh, I guess I do want to start streaming more frequently in the new year, kind of get a regular schedule and everything. And so how am I planning to grow the channel? Um, a lot of what I want to do is I want to give the viewer something to do while I stream. That's a big goal of mine, um, be it through song requests, uh, interactive uh, voice commands and stuff, and also just keep the viewer entertained by having different games i've been considering doing a kind of a random game for my steam library checking it out giving my review on it seeing how i think about it i think that'd be a good way to kind of pull more people in and yeah i guess those are my plans for uh streaming in the new year (laughs) and how i'm planning to grow my stream uh and community and everything and i just plan to be as involved as i possibly can Mm -hmm. 